Welcome to Understanding the Human Condition with your host, Dr. James Flowers. I was just saying how much I love your voice, Robin. Oh, thank you. <laughs> how are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Well, it's sunny outside and warming up. You're so back from vacation. I'm back from vacation. Yeah. I'm super happy that Dr. Catherine Carmel is with us. She's a good friend of mine, personal friend. Yes. and. Uh, works as a uh, consultant, I guess, a provider with us at J Flowers Health Institute. So welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I've We've... been watching all of the podcasts. Have you? Aww, yeah. thank you. You actually have? I really yeah. actually I love have. it. I watch them and listen when I'm on my walks. Nice. Since I can never get in touch with you anymore. <laughs> exactly. Which one's your favorite on so Sunday. far? Which one? Usually we were having our Sunday morning walk together. Aww. We have to get back to that. My favorite so far? Um, well, Put you on the spot. Of course, Rex Marco was incredible yeah, and so inspiring. Wasn't mm -hmm. he amazing? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. so much overlap with what we're doing with patients. So yeah. I would love mm -hmm. to get him involved if we can. I would too. I told him, I've told him that. And yeah. he said, just when reach out. Ready. So we need yeah. to talk about how to, how yes. to do that and what yeah. to do because it was it, it was my favorite so far as well. Right. But and Dr. Landau also, oh, I mean, yeah. for me, when I watch them, it's interesting because you're finding people to interview or to, to talk with on your podcast. And many of us have overlapping ideas and approaches mm -hmm. and philosophies. And yeah. like with Dr. Landau, a lot of my experience and my perspective is yeah. similar so to times. hers for similar but different experiences. I completely you know? see mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Y'all yeah. yeah. are very similar. And uh, of course, she's from South Africa, right? Yes. But a little bit different experience. Yeah. But but yeah, you guys, I think y'all's philosophy is probably really very similar. Um, I have a little bio to read, if I may. Oh, sure. Oh, we'll get chatting. off to some more. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those who aren't aware of who Dr. Catherine Carmel is, yep. Catherine Carmel is a medical doctor with a specialty in gynecology. She is known as the global gynecologist because she treats the whole person and not just the symptoms. She incorporates the physical, emotional, and spiritual aspect of a patient in her treatment and diagnosis. Dr. Carmel has been in private practice since 1995 and works in the Texas Medical Center focusing on women's health care. She is also the gynecologic consultant for the Triangle Area Network Clinics, which provide care to the underserved areas of Beaumont and Orange, Texas. She has been practicing for 25 years, and each year she grows more passionate about medicine and taking care of her patients. And it Welcome. Shows. Thank you. It does. Thank you. So do you do the Beaumont and Orange at Triangle Area with Dr. Schrader? I do. That's yes. so cool. I didn't know that. Yes. He's been doing it for so many years. So this is a clinic that started out as a free, well, it is a free clinic. It's federally funded, but it started out as an AIDS clinic for yeah. many years. Mm -hmm. And now it's expanded to include women's health and children and, and wellness. That's so, so cool. Yeah. Do y'all go, do you go every week? No, no, yeah. no, every other week. Good. But um, that's so cool. It's really yeah. nice that you do that. It's fun. That They're really, amazing. the people are so awesome. Yeah. Really nice. I know. And y'all are incredible for doing that every week. Mm -hmm. um, so the title today is Treating the Whole Person with a Global Gynecologist. What is a global gynecologist? Because I call you, I always refer to you as a gynotherapist, which we'll talk about <laughs> later. But talk about global gynecology. Well, <clears throat> When people ask me what I do or what's different about my practice, it's very hard to put my finger on it. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to come up with a description. Um, global, the definition of global is of or relating to the entire world. Mm -hmm. So approaching a patient in a global fashion means you're approaching them in terms of who they are as a person, whether it's emotional, physical, spiritual, cultural, 
all of those factors come into play. And mm -hmm. so you have to evaluate globally to treat locally. That's right. Mm -hmm. So you can't just treat a reproductive organ. A lot of things go into that. That's right. So it's, the, it's really... So cool. It's like holistic, except that I think the word holistic has been pirated. Yeah. So yeah. many people... It has. Mm -hmm. And overused, overused. and overused. Uh -huh. You exactly. should uh, trademark quick. Uh -huh. You global, should. The global gynecologist. I, I will. Yeah. yeah. We give out lollipops. Too. <laughs> exactly. You do. <laughs> How did you I'll choose? Have it yeah. How did you choose your career? Did you choose it, or did, did it choose you? Well, that's an interesting question. So, um, I would say both. No, I would say it chose me. So, when I was a kid growing up, I used to think about being a doctor, and there's a famous picture in our family lore of me curled up in a chair, and I'd fallen asleep. <clears throat> reading a book called Great Women of Medicine. Oh, wow. And so my father had a blown-up poster size of that, even when he was Aww. in his 80s before he died. Um, so that was always something interesting. And, um, and then I realized as I got older that, you know, um, I was always interested in medicine, but I was also interested in travel and language and literature and music and spirituality. And so during college, I was a comparative literature major, and I played the violin, so that's about as liberal artsy as you can get. Wow. I realized that you could study things that are fun and not, you know, torturous like chemistry. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But then um, I had the opportunity to work in a medical clinic in India when I was in college. I took wow. a semester off. That's awesome. And at that time, I just realized that that was what I was meant to be. I love that. So. so did you switch majors or did you finish with liberal arts and then? Yes. So I came back. I spent the whole year abroad. I studied in France and Italy and it was a nice, yeah. wonderful time. And then I came back and I just had one semester left and I started my yeah. pre-med. So I had to go back for a couple of years and yeah. there I was with the, the 250 freshmen in chemistry. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah that was, exactly. That was challenging. And your father was a physician. Psychologist. Psychologist. Both yeah. of my parents were Psychologist. PhD psychologists. That's right. Yeah. So is my sister. Yes. So is my best girlfriend. She's a psychoanalyst yes. from college, and my yeah. best girlfriend here is a therapist. So I'm yeah, inundated with psychology. She calls and your best them, boyfriend. There yes. you go. That's, That's right. true. You called them on the phone the other day, intellectual hippies. Sometimes I like to call them non-drug-doing hippies. Because yeah, right. when people think of hippies, they think, you know, like, right. well, peace, right. peace and love, let's get mm -hmm. high or whatever. But, yeah, so we moved to North Carolina when I was seven. And um, it was in Greensboro, North Carolina. There wasn't a big intellectual mm -hmm. community there. Um, but my parents were great readers and writers. They wrote textbooks together about psychology and educational testing. And we had our own garden. My mother made her own granola and yogurt. And, so cool. and we weren't allowed to have medications, right? Um, which I can get to in a minute. Uh -huh. But so we were exposed to a lot of different things and a lot of different kind of people. Uh -huh. yeah. And I think that my mother also had a degree from the Art Institute in Chicago. So there was a lot of art in our house. And then I played music. So all of these things wow. surrounded me when I was growing up. And I think it's contributed a lot to helping me be a better doctor. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're such a big part of what we do at J Flowers Health Institute in our comprehensive diagnostic evaluations program and then also in our wellness program. However, <laughs> I always tell Robin and friends and, and everyone, I brag on you all the time because when people, when females, when women finish the evaluation, 
Yeah. We always say, tell us about your experience and mm -hmm. how was your experience? And they never say, Dr. Flowers was amazing. Oh my gosh, you were brilliant. <laughs> Every single woman says, oh my gosh, I'm coming back for Dr. Carmel. They love you. Really? It was, You're I a big learned, hit with our patients. I learned more from Dr. Carmel than mm -hmm. anything else because you bring in the medicine and you bring in the therapy piece of it, including hypnotherapy. So yeah. you, 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 I lost my place here. We were talking about uh, psychology is a big part of your practice or psychology is a big part of your practice. But, and I know that comes from your parents and your background and your upbringing, but, but I love the way that you, you fit that in with every single patient. And I love the fact that you do hypnotherapy because the patients with whom you've done it with, with ours just have just progressed so much, even in this short yeah. time that they're with us. So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about the psychology in your practice. Well, first of all, thank you for the compliments. And, um, you know, all doc, true. It's, um, it's true. I don't think of, I don't think about things like mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, I've always been very sensitive to people and I always felt that I could easily connect with just mm -hmm. about anyone. Mm -hmm regardless of their gender, race, age, you know, all of mm -hmm. my travels all over the world, I've just felt like that. And I think you're similar in that yeah. way. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but then as I got older, I realized that I had a gift for healing and a desire to help people. But healing and treating patients can't happen without a personal connection. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's a nice combination. And I think that's really important because when I meet a patient, First of all, I meet them with their clothes on yeah. mm -hmm. before right. we do any kind of an exam. I'm listening. I uh -huh. just had an emergency phone call, so I'm okay. going to text back. Okay. Keep going. Sure. Okay. Um, so it's important to establish a rapport with a patient and the trust before you can proceed towards any diagnostics or examination yeah. or evaluation. So they open up. Right. So I think that's what a lot of women maybe were missing with their other gynecology appointments. Maybe people are in a hurry, boom, 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 you gotta get right. out of there. Yeah. Um, but as far as the hypnosis, so my hippie parents were into breastfeeding and Lamaze uh, labor instruction back when it wasn't popular. And um, so since they didn't like us to take medications or eat junk food, by the way, which I hated until I became an adult, <laughs> um, when I remember during one period I was having headaches and my father hypnotized me for the pain oh. to go away if I was having recurrent headaches. And so that was my first exposure. And then as time went on, he was using it in his practice. And um, so we talked a lot about it. And this was a time when the American Society for Clinical Hypnosis only accepted MDs and then they added PhD psychologists. Okay. Um, so it was a pretty rigorous training mm -hmm. at that time. Um, but then when I decided that I wanted to go to medical school, I had to train, change the way that my brain worked. And I had to spend many hours memorizing, which is not what literature studies are about. Mm -hmm. It's more about thinking and coming up with ideas. And so instead of taking Adderall, because mm -hmm. that wasn't available so widely then, I did hypnosis for memory and concentration. And oh, so I yeah. went to um, another psychologist, friend of my father's, and we did several sessions in his office and then we made tapes that I used all the way through residency and board exams because, you know, when you're a doctor, you never stop having to take exams. Right. Even now we have mm -hmm. every year board renewal. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, that's how I got into it. 
Wow. So, and it's just amazing. It's an amazing tool. Yeah. Yeah. So you mentioned that you had uh, chronic pain as a, not chronic pain, but a pain as a child mm -hmm. and your dad did hypnosis with you. Yes. What was your, what was your pain and where, what, what happened with that? Well, I'm not really sure why I was having headaches, but um, I do know that he got rid of them. Yeah. Uh -huh. But being a psychologist, he was also very, he was very good at reading people. Uh -huh. And he was a Freudian psychologist. My mother was a child psychologist with an interest in Piaget. Wow. So they're, they ended up getting divorced, of course, because you can see totally <laughs> different. Freud, yes. right? but, um, <laughs> but I can tell an, a funny story about the psychological um, environment. Um, one thing is that we never got spanked. Yeah. We got analyzed. Mm -hmm. And so when we got in trouble, literally Brutal. it could be an hour or two sitting in the study with them discussing what you did, why you did it, what have you learned, how were you feeling when oh, you did geez. it. So I learned oh, yeah. a lot about Are that. You're like, now? just spank yes. me, get yeah. it over with. Yeah. Exactly, and that <laughs> yeah. would have been me. Right, yeah. yeah. But then I remember, I think I was maybe around 11 or I think fourth grade, and so we had given my father a set of darts for Father's Day. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a big deal, you know, we didn't grow up in a super fancy way at that mm -hmm. time. So we had gotten him a really nice dart set. And it was summertime, so I was home. So I took the darts out one day, and I was playing with them, and I lost the yellow dart. Mm -hmm. And so I couldn't find it anywhere. So later that summer, I got strep throat, like lots of kids do. Mm -hmm. And I went to the doctor, and I got antibiotics, and then I just wasn't getting better. And I went back, and the doctor was like, well, we'll just give her more antibiotics. I don't know what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so finally, after about 10 days, which is a long time to have strep throat, mm. my father came in and he sat down and he's like, Catherine, it's like, is something else going on that you'd like to talk to me about? <laughs> and so the next thing you know, I just lost it. And I, I lost your yellow dart. <laughs> and, um, and so I confessed the yellow dart and boom, the next day I was fine. Isn't that amazing? It really is. Yeah, it is. Wow. It, it, our bodies keep the score. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, he was just trying to help me get better. Sure. But I think that stuck with me because I understand how we can internalize things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's mm -hmm. the same thing if mm -hmm. a patient comes in, for example, some, uh, someone comes in with recurrent vaginal infections and mm -hmm. they've taken 10 different treatments and they've seen four different doctors, you know, and what's going on, and every test is negative, every culture is negative, but they keep having this discomfort and these infections, mm -hmm. and it's torture. Mm -hmm. um, and then you really have to just dig deeper. I mean, maybe something else is going on. Maybe mm -hmm. they're being abused at home, mm -hmm. or maybe they are diabetic, or maybe they um, are very stressed out, or there could be so many things mm -hmm. that play into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the global approach, too. Absolutely. You know, there's got to be a lot of stress as well in, in the work that you do um, and, and working with women who are having issues. And then your husband is a cardiologist. So for your children, uh, it must be a lot of stress <laughs> being a child of a gynecologist and a cardiologist with psychologist grandparents. Right. <laughs> Actually, no, but sometimes driving around in the car, I have two 17-year-old daughters and a 15-year-old son. Mm. They'll be like, Mom, stop being such a 
Gynecologist. Oh my God! Do you have to talk about the vagina again? You know? um, I wondered if we were going to say yeah, the V right. word in this. Of course. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and my husband's pretty laid back, so is he? he is. Yeah. Yeah, but we are very um, therapy oriented. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. What do you guys do for fun in your house? In my house. Mm-hmm. Or outside of your home, but what is your family? What do you? What do you guys do to de-stress? Well, a lot of cooking and eating, especially in the last year. Yeah. So um, my inspiration is not as strong as it used to be, but especially at the beginning yeah. of um, the pandemic, I was making all kinds of fancy meals. You may have seen pictures of them. I think I had a couple of the breakfasts. Okay. Yeah. And um, and we have a screened-in porch that so we'll hang out there. And my, oh, yeah. uh, we have family that lives next door, my 97-year-old father-in-law, wow. who Aww. I adore. Hmm. And yeah. so they come over a lot, Lucky and he you. plays the piano, so music is a big part of my life. Um, and violin. you still play the violin. Yeah. Well, I started again <laughs> since COVID. Yeah. So I had I had Facebooked, messaged um, my old violin teacher who was from Duke when I was in living in North Carolina, and she answered me one year later. Wow. Which was last March. <laughs> and so it was the pandemic, and I was stuck yeah. at home, and we connected, and I said, you know what? I'm going to start playing my violin again. Yeah. And it had been 30 years. Wow. So she's 83. That's so cool. And we do FaceTime lessons oh, every I Sunday love morning. That. Yep. Wow. Huh. So that's been my COVID perk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was, uh, clearly you had to close your practice for a while, but how did COVID affect uh, your practice and your own psychological health you know actually i've been fine thank god yeah partly because of my practice and my patients i love what i do and i love my patients it's like going to a cocktail party every day you know you just get to hang out and talk to cool women but and with the practice you know of course we've had to close intermittently Mm -hmm. um i think part of the reason why i feel more sane than some people is because i get to go to work and Mm -hmm. interact with people But in terms of my patients, I would just say anxiety, 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 mm-hmm. anxiety. Yeah. Because yeah. so much uncertainty, so much, you know, the rug has been pulled out from everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And it's hard. You can't get back into your routine. So, and then especially people that may have had a tendency towards OCD behaviors, having to wash everything and clean everything, uh-huh. it, it really has been a significant mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. for so many people and I'm still seeing them come in even now mm. yeah. a lot of anxiety and stress oh yeah well so. this question is for you Dr. Okay. Carmel because um, for the audience to hear why does J Flowers Health Institute incorporate a gynecological <laughs> exam as part of the comprehensive diagnostic evaluation well first of all I only see the women that come in right just want to make sure yeah, that's, that's clear. Right. Yes. I have I have <laughs> helped out some male patients along the way. I'm a licensed medical doctor, so that's okay to do. But um, I think that it's a nice window into what's happening on other levels. Just the same thing as the global mm-hmm. gynecology. It's a window, and it's an opening for me to begin a, a dialogue with the patient. So we start and mm-hmm. we talk about... As I said, we always talk in my office. So we start mm-hmm. with just routine things. How old are you? Mm-hmm. You know, when was your last period? What are your periods like? And then as you begin talking about things like that, just familiar sort of normal things, then it, you can easily segue into other things that come up. Mm-hmm. So, well, and do you find that there's a lot of women 
um, because this this was my thought in the beginning when I heard that that was mm -hmm. part of the process. But there's just a lot of women out there who don't go to see their gynecologist on a regular basis. Well, that is definitely true. But I think that also, you know, a relationship with your gynecologist can and should be a very close relationship. Mm -hmm. And so many women suffer from, well, anxiety, but also low self-esteem mm -hmm. or shame. And I'm sure you know Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. She's done amazing work in helping us understand yeah. about imperfection and accepting imperfection. Absolutely. Yeah. And women have a tendency to try to be perfectionists, mm -hmm. even little girls. You know, yep. they want to have sure the nice do. handwriting yep. and they want to mm -hmm. behave well in school. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yep. so I think that's where, it, yes, it opens the door to so many things. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the other reasons uh, that that she looks at this global, or one of the reasons we mm -hmm. do it at J Flowers is because yeah. of her belief in that global health, right? And my belief in that global health. But we also have talked that we both kind of share something else together. And that is, is we both kind of have this odd, uh, odd or not, but we have this sixth sense for mm -hmm. diagnosing. Mm -hmm. And you talked a lot about that in your own career, and I've talked about it in my career, and having this kind of sixth sense. Tell me a little bit about that. And where do you think that that comes from? And do you nurture it? And kind of, I'd love to know more about that. Well, that's a great question. So to prepare for our podcast, yeah. since these are things I use, I looked up the definition. So sixth sense is mm -hmm. the natural ability to know things before other people or to see things that others do not see. Mm -hmm. So what I think is that, and this is what I love about the J Flowers Institute, really what it is is you're taking all these different clues and you're bringing them together so studying comparative literature you had to study literature in different languages you had to come up with your own theories you had to bring philosophy history all these things in so i learned how to weave things together uh -huh. plus with the music background and then the sixth sense probably if you dissected it is taking all those signals uh-huh and putting it in, putting a puzzle together. Right. And so you don't know how you pick up on it, but meanwhile you meet me and you're picking up on so many yep. different things, including the person's uh -huh. energy. Uh -huh. And mm -hmm. you're very empathetic uh -huh. and you can feel certain feelings that people have. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's really why to me, it's so exciting to work with Flowers yeah. Institute, the J Flowers Institute. Thank because, you. Well, I wanna say this is so important because it's collaborative uh -huh. and medicine has changed so much and it's not collaborative everybody's in their own little office mm -hmm. you know we're under so many regulations that you don't get to get together and discuss patients like we used to right yeah. you know we used to be in the doctor's dining room and we would meet and people mm -hmm. would present cases and yeah so i just love that collaboration yeah we do too i mean that's what makes this so successful even some of the larger hospital systems around the country that do assessment programs started when they were smaller and grew into these huge hospital systems and when you grow that large and you can't go to the dining room all the time and you have 50 patients that you have to see or even 25 patients in a day you see the patient you write the report and you upload it to the chart right mm -hmm. and then at the end of the evaluation or the assessment someone kind of reads it and gives it to the patient mm -hmm. and goes over it and what i love about the way we collaborate is is even though we can't see each other in person all the time we get together on zoom right yeah. like the rest of the world every week. but but we get together every single week uh on zoom and it feels just like we're in the same in the same room so that's mm -hmm. kind of cool 
That is, it's yeah. awesome. We have so many different providers with in different fields, and we each have different perspectives. Right. And I also appreciate input that I might get from our nutritionist. Mo. Yeah. I think he's oh, got amazing, amazing insight. Yeah. And then people will appreciate my insight. Sometimes it might even be about a male patient because we're discussing issues that are just human issues. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all right. humans are the same. The human mm -hmm. condition is universal. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Wait, I had something I wanted to say. What was it? About your travel and yeah. how that's affected your. No, it was about him and his sixth sense. Oh, uh, was it? Shoot, I forgot. Oh. You know what that's I was okay. going to say is, is it's weird that uh, whether it's a sixth sense or whatever it is, it, you know how we all we kind of visualize things. I'm very visual. Is when I think about my sixth sense and what you just said kind of hit it the nail on the head for me is sometimes I literally feel like my brain is clicking. It's like like when I listen to someone, uh -huh. it's, got, it's going tick, 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 like adding things. Really? Yeah, uh -huh. and it's almost like this little calculator coming up with an algorithm or something. Yeah. And, and kind of feeding it in and coming out. So I don't know, that's the way I kind of well, visualize it for you myself. You know what, yeah. this, the, what I was gonna say is, you said when you listen to someone, yeah. I think a lot of the sixth sense and a lot of being a helpful and good caretaker provider mm -hmm. is listening mm -hmm. and listening and letting the patient say what they need to say mm -hmm. yes because the they tell time. you patients will tell you mm -hmm. they tell you everything that you need to know but you have to listen right, right. And so like yeah. you were saying a lot of times people are in a hurry and this boom 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 here's your prescription goodbye right. yeah absolutely yeah so. what's the best advice that you could give the female audience right now like one word of advice for their um Female health. <laughs> well, <laughs> I know what you told me earlier. There's see a therapist. <laughs> I was going to say call call your shrink. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's not one word because it's so individualized. But I think that working on self acceptance is yeah paramount for women and girls, and it's a journey that we all go through. And mm -hmm. a parent can definitely help with that. And a lot of parents can be critical of their children or send a message that's, mm -hmm. that makes the children less accepting of themselves. And if you have self-acceptance, then you can really just blossom into yeah. the person that... That's the key. Self-acceptance. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's hard to get there. Right. Yes. What are the ages of the patients? What's the youngest and the oldest that you, that you accept? Well, I see patients from adolescence through menopause and postmenopausal. Um, I no longer do deliveries, so uh, I did many years of OB, which I loved, but I had to give it up after having three of my own children and yeah. felt like I needed to spend time with them. Um, so really any age, but not pediatric. I would say, for me, the ideal age is around 16, although the American College of OB-GYN says to start between 14 and 16 to establish a relationship. It makes sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. all the way through reproductive years mm -hmm. and post-reproductive so that's so cool mm -hmm. yeah. um well we're we running like i was we like are. oh no so, yeah, i can't like... believe that went by <laughs> so <laughs> we yeah yeah come on this sure, is jordan come everybody come here. on over here so when you say self-acceptance what does that look like like i'm i have a daughter who's two years old she likes to look at her vagina sometimes and you know my husband thinks that it's weird but 
she's exploring her body the first time she saw it in the mirror. She like, you know, so can just you curious. talk to like mothers with children? What does self-acceptance look like for, um, how can you give that to your child or for yourself? What does it look like? What does it mean? Well, that's a big question. Mm. Yes. That's, that could be a whole podcast <laughs> sure issue. But yeah. as far as your two-year-old, I would say that that's completely developmentally appropriate. Mm-hmm. And for your husband, reading developmental milestones and understanding what is appropriate, then I think that might be helpful. It's, a, it's hard because little boys who are two, if they're playing with their penis, that's totally mm-hmm. normal, right? Oh, yeah. because it's right there and they can see it. Right. So right. why aren't we allowed to look? Right. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think also um, accepting whatever you have. Like, I'm short. Okay, I'm short. Yep. Yep. And you're 6'5". Well, I won't hold it against you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I remember the first time I tried to go to the bathroom like a boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I saw That's my brother great. do it, so yeah. I was like, well, why am I not going like oh, that? Yeah, so, I can't, I can't that. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, you're just the, curious when you're a kid. Yes, you know? and when I see teenagers for their first gynecologic visit, you don't get a pap smear until you're 21 now, but we have a long discussion about, you know, female anatomy, reproductive health, and everything, and then we do an external exam mm-hmm. where I show them their anatomy and show them what's normal, because mm-hmm. some girls don't realize that there's three separate organs down there. Yeah, but like there's three separate holes. Wait, so. you said they don't get a, an exam till they're 21 a pap smear? A pap smear, right. Well, why? Because we found that we were overtreating young women, so if you have an abnormal pap smear when you're 17, most likely you're going to clear it and it'll go away on its own. Oh. So we were overtreating, we were being too aggressive and that can cause complications later. So Gotcha. Now we wait until they're 21. Which is much better because then it's, you know, if you're a 16 year old or 18 year old girl and you've never been, it's not very much fun to have a pap smear. Yeah. Yeah. So, So, um, since we're running out of time, we always do a few fun questions just to find out a little bit more about you as a person, as a woman. Oh, no. Yeah. So, where's your happy place? Where's my happy place? Yeah. Um, I think I really like the beach. Yeah. Not any particular beach, but I love the beach. I do too. Yeah. yeah you do. I love For the sure. Beach. But yeah. when I do hypnosis, a lot of times we'll use a place like that. Mm-hmm. So I've come up with a beach that has a magic sand that doesn't stick to your feet. Oh, oh nice. nice. That's <laughs> great. People are right. like, oh. it's magic sand. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah, yeah. great to do that in hypnotherapy because people take things so literally right mm-hmm. and someone that has a, a hate of sand being on their body exactly and you're it's taking true. them in through hypnosis mm-hmm. they can literally not they can't concentrate on it because they hate sand so much exactly yeah. So it's yeah. perfect actually, actually that just happened oh, with a patient recently yeah but uh, and afterwards she said that she hates that sticky sand on her and i said well that's why it's the magic sand magic so. sand that's right yeah. absolutely who so. would play you in a movie I have no idea. Oh, oh come, on. come on. I really don't know. <laughs> come on. I really don't know. Um, mm. Give me a suggestion. <laughs> um, I'm the worst I, for that. I, I am too. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of a... Probably a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. A gay man. Exactly. Okay, I'm just we'll talking about, uh, yeah. about music. What's okay. on your playlist right now? <laughs> Okay, gay since man. you can cut things, my friends used to a always tell me I'm a gay man, man in a woman's body. There you go. Um, what's on my playlist? Well, 
you know, this is not very hip, but I'm really into classical music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So nice. I love classical music, and that's what I usually play in my car, so and that's cool. in the kitchen yeah. when I'm cooking, except for okay, when my okay. kids are around. So right. um, um, I'd say right now I've been listening to certain pieces that I'm learning. One is the Samuel Barber Violin Concerto. Nice. Yeah. Um, and some How other... Cool. You know, typical Mozart, Chopin, Bach, Beethoven, you know, all of those. Very cool. Too, so. What <laughs> is your most, not favorite meal you've ever cooked, but what is your most accomplished meal you've ever cooked? Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> Actually, I can tell you that one, because I do cook a lot. Mm-hmm. But one night, I had a dinner party, mm-hmm. and I made Moroccan food, oh. which is my favorite food, but it's very complicated to make. And we literally had 14 dishes. Oh, my gosh. And my husband said that was the last dinner party we'll ever have. (laughs) Because we were still doing dishes at At 2.30 in the morning. Oh, my gosh. But that was, and I have have a lot of, like, I have the Moroccan teapot, and I have tagine pots and all that. So I really enjoyed that. That Mm. is so fun. Cool. That was worth it to stay up till 2.30. Yeah. Yes, yes. Doing that. Yeah, so when she invites you over, be sure to ask her for Moroccan. <laughs> <laughs> and ask her husband. Yeah, no, we are go. having Moroccan yeah. food. Yeah. Um, so, go ahead. There you go. Well, I was just going to say, if someone wants to reach you, um, how should they reach you? Is there a phone number, an email, yes. website? My, yes, and I would like to say that we do not have an automated system at my office, which I am proud of because I hate automated systems. Okay. However, if they're on the lines, it will give... It will. Get, send you to a recording. So our office phone number is 713-520-9580. Okay. And it's Carmel Women's Care with a K. Okay. And um, our email is Carmel Women's Care with no apostrophe, K-A-R-M-E-L Women's Care at gmail.com. Perfect. That's perfect. Good. You You guys, uh, or ladies, (laughs) not you guys, you people, gentle people, people. reach out to Dr. Carmel. She has an amazing practice and it's worth it. Yeah. And if they want to reach you, Dr. Flowers, how do they reach? Um, Unreachable. (laughs) (laughs) Jflowershealth.com. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so thank much, you. Dr. Carmen. Yeah. Thank right. you very much. This was so fun. I know. It's I love fun. it. Thank you, Jordan. Bye. <laughs> I'm happy to talk to you more about all this.